0: Who gonna win? Uh, OpenAI Dota team or uh, DeepMind <laughs> Dota team? <laughs> last, <laughs> year. 20 last year. 2020. 2020, last year, all papers. I <laughs> oh, thought we were
1: talking about, state of the art. Welcome to the Weird AI Podcast, where we talk about uncommon AI applications. I'm your host, Adrian Spotaru, and I'm together with... Bogdan Andrusak. In this episode of the Weird AI Podcast, we're going to talk about video games and bots.
0: Because of Corona and this lockdown, I had to spend a lot of time indoors to get rid of all the free time I have. I started playing more computer games than I used to. And I was not just playing them now, I was finding a weak points to break them. And if you play video games, you Know that the weakest points is always your enemies and how to mess with enemy AI. If you ever played Skyrim or any other game, you know that how uh, dumb can be the scripted AI when you shoot the uh, AI friend and the AI friend says something. It's probably was a wind. It's. Strange that today in modern computer games we have same approach to designing, you know, AI enemies as back in the day of Pac-Man, where to the enemies we basically script them. They have a set of behaviors and they go through those behaviors. And if you play long enough, same game, you always find those behaviors and you understand how they work and you find weak points and you just break the game which ruins complete immersion and make a game too easy to play. It's, It's interesting to see the development of AI and machine learning in this. And I think it's like, to start, we should distinguish between scripted AI and the AI produced by machine learning, because usually everybody refers to AI in a game, or just AI and not distinguish between scripted AI and machine learning approach, whereas we use trained models, a learning approach. So most video games apply
1: expert systems, which it is actually AI. However, this is more like 80s, 90s AI, and not what we refer to modern machine learning. These systems, expert systems, use heuristics and maybe some basic statistics to interfere behavior in the game. We distinguish two types of them. There's the AI which are in the macro level and on the micro level. Those on the micro level, you said Pac-Man. Well, in the micro level, the behavior of the ghosts in the Pac-Man is considered micro AI. And most of the time on regarding micro AI, modern video games use a system called behavior trees. Behavior trees are basically decision trees based on the given situation of the game, uh, given the state of the game, the AI will go through this tree and will take a decision. One simple example would be Pac-Man. When Pac-Man eats the big white circle, the Mentos, Oh, the ghosts become blue and their behavior then is actually running away from Pac-Man. So given the state for a big, big Mentos eaten, run away from Pac-Man. So these would be like simple rules which can be inferred. However, in the modern video games, you would have more complex rules. States of the game are more complex. Like, for example, does a person has this item and is near 500 meters and did these things before? If yes, then do this particular behavior. So over time, these games have become more complex, and they're actually games which just rely on behavior trees to make the game interesting.
0: The best example of modern games that uses these behavior trees to put the maximum potential is the horror game Alien Isolation, where it combines this macro and micro AI, where micro AI is used just to control the enemies. So the premise of the game is you are on a spaceship hiding from the Xenomorph and Xenomorph is very strong and can kill you in one attack. So it's very complex game of hide and seek. And the interesting point in this model was that this, uh, the game was not allowed to cheat. The AI of the alien didn't see through walls. It had sensors, and it could rely only on those sensors. It was a fair game, which made it uh, more interesting. So uh, people had to... Uh, the people understand, this. Uh, the behavior is not just scripted. There is some logic to it.
1: Now, regarding the behavior tree, the game was uh, found interesting because the alien seemed to be learning over time. What was actually happening is that this behavior tree wasn't beginning very simple, where the decisions were like, oh, I see the player, let me kill him, or I heard the sound, let me go there. It became to work some complex behavior over time. What developers did is that they created a huge complex behavior tree, and over time they would unlock more and more of the tree to exhibit this more complex behavior making the game more interesting in that regard.
0: Even even though this game was like a huge success, it's far, far away from like potential what AI can achieve if it's real reinforced learning models. So we are talking about alien isolation, which is hide and seek, basically. And OpenAI uh, released a very interesting paper about reinforced learning where AI teams have to play hide and seek. Together And it becomes so complex that agents learn to interact with the object in the environment and block doors and much more complex behaviors. Even they, they, they evolve so much that they learn how to break game physics and find bugs in the game engine, which nobody could have expected.
1: So we can see in future where we don't rely on behavior trees but we rely on neural network agents to learn these behavior trees automatically for us but also find ways to make the game more interesting by exploiting the game mechanics but also
0: using these uh, so I think that the problem with behavior trees, especially if they are programmed by developers, there is no way you can predict all possible behaviors or combinations. So with a neural network and making a simulation thousand and thousand ways, uh, then the agent will discover all possibilities. And this is not possible when people have to think what's behaviors are possible, because always there will be something missing.
1: And even though the AI knew, even if we could model with behavior trees all potential states which the AI can interact with the world, it still will be very predictable. If an AI could play against you and learn your playing style, it can adapt itself more easily to make the game more interesting for you
0: than a predetermined behavior tree. Yes but i think like uh, in current trend of game development a lot of focus is going on graphics looks uh, of the game because i think it sells better when the game looks better so less care is taken about Actual gameplay, I think as developers and companies are afraid, like how much resources it would take to train those machine learning models, uh, to put them in the games and uh, to run them because everything is optimized for good graphics. And uh, so it becomes more expensive um, for Yes, it can become more expensive. It's hard to estimate how much benefit it may bring to the game because in the case of Alien Isolation, the game was built around the idea of this smart enemy. So it makes sense to make it because otherwise it wouldn't work at all. But if you have like your generic shooter or whatever game where the uh, enemies are just small part of it, it doesn't really... It makes sense to invest so many resources where, like, simple scripted enemies can do a trick. Where because, like, majority of gamers are casual, they won't they won't not the flows in a script.
1: Now, I don't want to go you know, on the business model of video games and so on. However, I think simple systems are still here, even with the good reasons. So, even though AI might be better. Simple methods can still be very beneficial to provide interesting gameplay. One game, which I think is still played nowadays, is called Left 4 Dead. And the purpose of the game is quite simple. You are a survivor of a zombie apocalypse, and your goal is to move from A to B. And while your quest to going from A to B, there will be a lot of zombies on your way. Now, the way they made their game interesting is they use a macro level AI. So, so far we talked about this micro level where you have a behavior tree. On the macro level, you would have something called a director AI, which uses the game mechanic to change the game in a way that it makes it more harder or more easier or to give a very fun experience to the player. What this game does is that depending if the players are struggling with the hordes of zombies are coming to them, then maybe it will make it more easier for the player in order to recover. Or we see the user is maybe under, under worked in the sense that it's, it's too easy for him, then it will send more zombies to the game. And this particular game, Left 4 Dead, is even played nowadays due to the fact that it uses a simple statistics to inference the state of the player who's playing the game. So we didn't so far talked about you know AI's currently in the video game industry. We talked about a potential pitfall of using maybe reinforcement learning in games. What is it even possible to do with reinforcement? Why? Why, why even companies should use reinforcement learning? Bogdan,
0: yeah, because uh, well, uh, reinforcement learning shows that it can learn to play computer games better than uh, people do, and uh, using AI for playing games was, you know, the first the first idea that people get when they started doing AI. So, uh, chess were immediately solved when, uh, you know, more complex algorithms were developed as an AlphaGo was recently. Uh, what, what was the algorithm that won the AlphaGo? Or was it AlphaGo that won the Go? AlphaGo yeah. won the world against the world champion, yes. Yes. And, uh, but like for me personally, the like the, the biggest example was last year where, again, OpenAI used, made the algorithm to play Dota 2. Uh, so OpenAI made their... AI to play Dota 2, and they challenged the best team in Dota 2 last year, so 2019, so two years ago, and they played best of three, and AI team won 2-0. And it was uh, really interesting because AI team not just managed to play as humans; they introduced completely new strategy to the game. Like, whereas the people that were like commenters and you know observers were not really understanding what's happening because uh, AI had so much aggression in the uh, first minutes of the game that it looked random for observers, but then they they realized that what AI is doing, they are just really putting everything in the first minutes of the game, and that led to their victory, which like a human team was not prepared because they were used to playing common strategies where the game lasts 30-40 minutes, but AI managed to end it before 25 minutes. The funniest part, AI was cocky about it because there was the option to ask AI to estimate the probability of victory. As the game just started, where the team selected their um, champions, AI first game was uh, saying that the likelihood of them winning is like 66%, and in another game was 60%, and then after after like five minutes, they were like, okay, AI was saying we have like likelihood of 95% winning. But for me, what is very interesting when observing AI playing games or like developing strategy is how much of their strategy is planned and how much is just reaction to what's happening. Very good example was in this Dota tournament where AI team sacrificed one of their champions and immediately kill another two uh, two enemies. So they sacrificed one for two. It's very interesting, do AI plan to sacrifice it or was it the moves that they made and they have to react to what was happening and that they reacted more efficiently than a player?
1: The way I think about this is going back to AlphaGo and also an algorithm which went under the radar called AlphaMu. Let's go back on AlphaGo. So AlphaGo initially was trained on a lot of games of masters and it learned, you know, through, through the gameplay of the masters to play Go. AlphaMu was an approach to say, we think the AI can learn quicker by playing itself. And AlphaMu played itself Go and it learned way more quicker to play than AlphaGo. And it was also better. We can, Alpha Mu was not trained only on Go, but it was trained actually in a lot of games. One of them being chess. So with Alpha Mu, in the beginning, the AI learned rookie mistakes when playing chess. Then it learned practical openings, learned then advanced middle games, and then learned how to play the end game well. And after that, it learned its own, own new techniques. It reinvented itself. And this is only by self-play. So this is not the behavior which came from looking at other people playing. It was just the AI playing by itself. So by using this analogy, I would think that what happened there is just the AI just has just a lot of experience. It just saw that behavior from the players. It maybe saw that behavior and it just knew these guys are really amateurs. We just knew we have like higher level understanding of the gay Therefore, the sacrifice maybe was reactionary, right, to the player, but also a deeper understanding of the game.
0: It's, yeah, it's very, we can see that AI develops understand deeper understanding of the game because in Dota, there is a lot of strategies about resource managing, about like buying power-ups and other things. And what AI was doing, beginning of the game, when they were dying, when the champions they were dying, they would just, Buy buy the champions back. In Dota, it's when the champion dies, you need to wait like some seconds to wait till it spawns, or you can pay money and it will appear immediately. But generally, like humans don't use this strategy because then those money are wasted, not used to buy power-ups. But AI was using this strategy where they would respawn immediately and not lose control of a map in a first minute. Of the game, which then led to their victory.
1: Now with AI, we saw that if you let AI play itself with the hide-and-seek, with also playing Dota and also playing chess and other games, we can see that the AI just becomes smarter and finds a way to exploit the game that we humans weren't able to. And there's a company called machinanations.io, which offers a software which allows game developers to def- to test their game rules. So in chess, you you have pieces, and each piece has certain rules, and there's some rules which determine this, the the win or the loss of a game. These rules can be mapped through like through a graph, and those graphs can be then tested to see if it works. So you can play like simulated games in this. Without the 3D images, without the models, you can just play the game in a very abstract way by going through this graph and you can see if the game is balanced, if it exhibits behavior which is unfair, or you can see general potential issues with this. So in the future, this tool just does simulations and it not really helps, just helps them to determine the problems but not really find solutions for them using algorithms such as reinforcement learning can actually help future game developers to make games which are fair and cannot be easily exploited by having the AI exploiting it for them.
0: So in the near future, we will have AI making anime, AI making computer games for us, (laughs) and AI playing computer games for us. We will just have to sit and
1: watch them. Yeah, I think everybody will just bet on the whole, which
0: <laughs> who's going to win, OpenAI Dota team or uh, DeepMind <laughs> Dota team. <laughs> Put your bets. Put your bets.
1: <laughs> no. Humans are out of a game. <laughs> Speaking of game development, mm, not only the game itself, AI playing games is the only thing which developed in the past years we've seen in game development, AI applications. So I think most gamers will have heard of DLSS, which stands for Deep Learning Super Sampling. And this is something we talked about the last podcast in anime, taking a low resolution image and making upscaling it to high resolution. So most people want to play video games on high resolutions, but guess what? Their GPUs are not so good because no, but not everybody has €10,000 to buy the craziest, biggest PC. So what you do instead is you will play at the low resolution, so the game was rendered, let's say, to 720p, and then you would use an AI which would upscale it to 1080 or even 4K. Now, the difference between the one from anime, which we talked about last week, is that it uses the video. So it it's not using one image to upscale it, it uses multiple frames in the game to predict the multiple frames in the future in order to have a very smooth gaming experience.
0: <laughs> and if you cannot beat the game, you can just like employ AI to play a game for you. <laughs> you, know? Well, you know, back in the days, people would ask like older brother to help them beat the level. Now you can ask AI to beat the level for them. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking
1: of AI and helping with the game, a lot of games, like the AI bots in the games, use some kind of navigation system. The most popular navigation system is called NavMesh. I won't go into detail now, since this is very visual algorithm. <laughs> can you show our <laughs> listeners how it works? <laughs> yeah, I, I will avoid this for this episode. But in, in essence, it just tells you where the AI can move on in the map where it cannot move. And then it will try to find the best possible route to get there. So if, if your task is the bot to get from A to B, it will use this graph to determine the best path. The problem is with this algorithm is that it cannot exhibit complex behavior. So if you look in video games, bots are not really smart in their movement. They're just going straight, left, maybe doing a roll and that's it. But a lot of games like Fortnite, where the movement is very complex, where you're building, where you're jumping, where you're like, uh, you know, (laughs) you floss, you have grappling hoods, you have jetpacks, you have all this different stuff. NavMesh cannot do that. The people working at Ubisoft Montreal start working on making an AI which could navigate in this. And in this case, use reinforcement learning. And they've seen that reinforcement learning algorithms are way more smarter. They can go A through B, even through complex terrain and doing all this crazy stuff like grappling hooks, maybe flossing in the air while doing that. (laughs) Whatever that might be, it can do that. And I think it was... Published in, I think, this year. No, last year. Last year. <laughs> but 2020. 2020, last year. Oh, all papers. <laughs> I thought we were talking about state of the art. So I'm now going to talk a small story about AI. And maybe this will cut, be cut off. But I just want to tell you because it's a very unique story. So there is a game called Warsaw. Nobody has heard of it. There was a quite small community, but I was part of that community. And it was an open arena shooter. So it's like Quake, where it's quick movement, you have, you know, it's quick paced, shooting from 360 degrees. The game was very fast paced and hard to master. And the AI was very stupid. It was an open source project, the team developers did their best. But AI was quite stupid because it couldn't move in this complex environment where this AI navigation was in. We found out that a Japanese research team actually used the game to develop an AI which is more advanced. This was around the year 2014, so it wasn't like reinforcement learning, but it was some kind of machine learning. Now we never got <laughs> the, the, this copy of the AI never found the publication of this. We just found a random photo from a guy who using this game and the AI. But what does the AI do? Well, it was quite interesting. It was AI which would adapt to the player. So in the beginning, you're a noob. The, the AI will be also a noob. It wouldn't play so hard to you. Over time, it, will be, it would learn your behavior. If you play better, it will play also better. But the thing is, If you played better and, you know, always use the same trick to exploit the AI, he will learn that and avoid them. This is like 2014 tech, right, which is not employed in modern games. So I don't know if someone out there can tell me what that AI is. Can someone find that out? If you ever played Warsaw, please tell me because I want to know this AI, which is very fancy and it's not reinforcement learning.
0: It's probably now used for Japanese military. <laughs> so listening to this, you can think that so many potential resources are wasted on you know making AI play computer games. Shouldn't like people that make AI solve real problems? But you need to understand that these the games they are the AI are playing are very complex systems and they need to do comp, uh, complex strategies. So not, not every person can develop such hard strategy as like Dota players or AI playing Dota. Uh, te- by testing the potential of re- reinforcement learning in, st- in a complex system like a strategy game, we can estimate how it can uh, behave in other complex uh, systems that require strategizing. Think now about Corona medicine distribution, where it's uh, basically a strategy game of optimizations, where you have uh, resources, you have places to deliver, and the system changes uh, real time. Uh, It can be better managed by AI. That is good at building strategies than people who may have miscommunication between each other and lack in yeah, lack in communicating. So here where the AI comes into play, but in order to see that, to see if it's possible, it should be tested in other complex systems. That's where the games come as a perfect example.
1: I totally agree with you, Bogdan. Actually. Wouldn't shock me if video games are going to be used for strategizing military <laughs> in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, like, you know, we didn't talk about, for example, as a Starcraft, the StarCraft is a complex theory strategy, also has a powerful AI bots that uh, overpower human players. And yeah, it's all about military strategizing, deploying troops, and building resources. The guys from Ubisoft, Montreal also
1: did research on animation. So the way you make animation in the past is... Okay, there are two ways to do animations. And the first way is to use motion capture and the second way is keyframe animation. So motion capture is a technology which is widely used in video games but also in cinema for realistic animations and CGI. However, motion capture is very resource-intensive because it requires a lot of post-processing of the animation, and if you want to edit the animation, that takes a lot of effort.
0: And you also need to hire actors to make motion capture. Correctly,
1: keyframe animation is hand draw animation, which is type of animation where you draw every single frame of the animation, and this is also very time-consuming if you want to make realistic animations. So, for games like I, I know. Super Mario video games like I know what kids nowadays play. Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, Fortnite. I, I have no idea what kids, but kids with a child, Pixar like games. Pixar like games. That's my term, which I want to, to find. So, what they did is they built a transformer based model to create an algorithm which learns animations. More specifically, it's something like a language modeling problem, where given a sentence, you want to predict the next word in the sentence. So if I would say I am, the next word you would predict would be Adrian. I am Adrian. So in this case, what they did is they would take some frames of the animation as the input, and the output is the next frame. So I give you the last frames of this animation, and you have to predict the next one and then the next one, and the next one given the past. This has a nice property because your neural network learns predict future frames. This was trained on high quality motion capture data. And what they did afterwards, since the model can predict future frames, you could define some key frames. So like a beginning state, end state. Okay, let's give you a more specific example to make this more understandable. Let's say I want to animate a person which is sitting on the couch, standing up, running to the door, opening the door, taking his pizza and going back to his couch. Well, instead of drawing every frame like this or ma- making capture animation extra for the same, you could first make a keyframe for the person sitting on the couch, then a keyframe standing up, a key, some keyframes between from the couch to the door, then Opening the door, one keyframe, and going back. So instead of drawing the whole animation, you have to draw just five states, and the AI will just interpolate between them. It will be mostly good because it learned movement from a lot of data, and it's be able to. You expect to have very smooth animation in the end, reducing the amount of effort animators need to make animations for the game.
0: So it's a great example to show that a lot of. AI applications—they have multiple yeah. applications in different industries. Last time we talked how how AI can simplify animation in anime production. Here we can see how AI can make computer games animation easier to produce. So, it's yeah. Most of the models are not a single use; they can be deployed for different solutions.
1: So we talked mostly about how AI can interact in the game world, how AI can make our life easier when making video games. What is the future, Bob, then?
0: The future, I think, is when it will all come together, where the animation will be made by uh, with the help of AI, where the enemies in games will be not scripted, but produced by reinforcement models. When... <laughs> Yeah, when, when the stories written by GPT three. Yeah, when the stories are written <laughs> GPT three. Yeah, I think as a combination of all all of it, it will be future. But it takes it will take some time for industry to take uh, those sol- solution solutions in. So what I would expect actually is small indie games that are based uh, focused on uh, AI, and then when the big companies will see that. You know, it performed well, so they will start integrating it too.
1: So it will be a small indie company would make a game which use a particular AI feature in their, either in their production or as as a gameplay feature. And the big companies would notice that the small company uses it successfully. But it will not be like a complete pipeline from the beginning, I would assume.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because for now, companies can rely on the strategies that work best for them.
1: If it makes money, why change it? Yeah, exactly.